Hey, Moving Forward listeners, believe it or not, the holidays are right around the corner. So get the ball rolling and get your ducks in a row. The Corporate Clichés Coloring Book makes the perfect white elephant office party gift or surprise stocking stuffer for your favorite work-from-home colleague. It's available now on Amazon. You can also find quick links at bemovingforward.com and in the show notes for this episode. Let's celebrate the holidays with some low-hanging fruit and a bubbling glass of synergy. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 450. I hope everyone is having a great week. I hope you had a great weekend last weekend. And I want to welcome any new listeners. If you're new to the podcast, I do recommend check out episode 000, which is the updated trailer for the series. That'll give you a background and roadmap on how to approach moving forward so you can design your own moving forward journey based off of what is of interest to you. And this week, I'm continuing on with a mini-series that I started about a month ago, a little over a month ago, on decluttering. And it's a, it's a journey I've been on since around July to basically purge and get rid of things that I no longer need or want, taking stock of everything I own, and reinventing my living and workspaces. And uh, I, over the last couple of weeks, I've gone into different philosophies as I've been On my own decluttering journey, I've been reading a lot of books from different uh, authors who have gone through this themselves, who have different philosophies and variations of philosophies. And uh, I started with Marie Kondo, which was the first book I read. And then uh, last week, I talked about Fumio Sasaki. This week, I'm going to continue on and share uh, the third book that I read, which was The Minimalist Home by Joshua Becker. And I will say, out of all the different philosophies that I've read, this one is probably the one that I'm most closely in line with or aligned with. Uh, As I mentioned, I don't think I've run across a book that is 100% perfect in terms of my circumstances, and that's to be expected. If you decide you're going to go on a decluttering or minimalist journey, uh, you're going to—I do recommend read different books or blogs or YouTube videos— and learn from the different people who have done this and find and pick and choose the different aspects and strategies and techniques and philosophies. You're going to pick and choose, I think, from different ones and come up with one that works for you. So what I'm going to do, as I did with uh, Marie Kondo and Fumio Sasaki, I'm going to share five takeaways that I got from Joshua Becker's book. Uh, And again, I, I really enjoyed this one. And I have this book and the other books that I've read linked in the write-up, which is at bemovingforward.com. You can find it under a specific resources section of the write-up in which I list some decluttering uh, resources that may be helpful for you. All right, so number one, uh, Joshua Becker really talks about decluttering and purging from the perspective of the home. And, And really, I think more so than even Marie Kondo, he looks at it from the perspective of the home. And his first big takeaway is that his approach is to go room by room. So start with a specific room. It could be your living room, it could be your dining room, it could be your bedroom, the garage, and just proceed room by room. The second takeaway that I got from Joshua Becker is that spaces in your home should be 
reinvented to facilitate connection with family members and guests. And so that's a big part of the book is not simply about decluttering or purging, but reinventing the living space so that anytime you have guests over or if you have children or if you have a significant other spouse, that those spaces really do help facilitate connection between those individuals. All right, number three, and I think this is related to the first two points that uh, he has a whole section on garages. And it's very interesting. He talks about the history of the American home and how there was a time where garages were not very common. Even with the advent of the automobile, for the first, I think, couple of decades, having a garage in your home was not a very common thing. And nowadays, homes that are on the market, uh, for the most part, buyers are looking for not just homes with a garage, but often two-car or three-car garages. The problem is, and as Becker talks about, garages are not being used for cars. They're being used as basically overflow and makeshift storage rooms. And I can attest to this, uh, just having worked with my dad on helping declutter his house, he has a garage, and that has been a makeshift storage space for, I would say, a couple of decades now. I don't think that space has held a car for almost 20 years. So that was really a, a big point that Becker talks about in his book. All right, number four, I think I thought this was one of the most poignant parts of the book, and Joshua Becker uh, approaches this as someone who is a husband and a father, and he talks about the importance of involving your family members, especially your kids, when it comes to decluttering, purging. It's not something you want to impose. It's something that uh, it is important to have all family members in alignment and in agreement. And then finally, I thought, I thought this was a very interesting uh, part of his book. He talks about how once he and his family purged a lot of their unnecessary belongings, they found that they had too much space. And so what they did was they downsized their home. They realized they didn't need as big of a home as they were living in. And he talked about the benefits of that, you know, saving money, not just with the, the mortgage and things like that, but in terms of the utility bills. And also downsizing as a way to help maintain the uh, consistency and keeping only the things that you need or the only the things that you really want and not allowing uh, yourself to ever get back to the point in which you have too much stuff. So those were the five basic takeaways that I got. When we come back from the break, I'm going to share with you what worked for me and what didn't. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, here's today's Poshmark Power Tip. If you don't have access to a printer, you can use a shipping QR code from a Poshmark sale by generating it on the app. Simply take your phone to the post office along with the package and show the QR code to a USPS rep. They'll scan it and take care of the rest. For more Poshmark seller tips, check out the Poshmark guide for individuals and small businesses, which is available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and as an audiobook on Audible and Apple Audiobooks. Start learning moving forward today. All right, we're back, continuing on with episode 450. 
And we're talking today about Joshua Becker's book, The Minimalist Home, and five takeaways that I got, which I covered in the first half of this episode. So let's talk about each one in turn. Number one, I actually love this in theory. Going room by room, I think, makes a lot of sense. Uh, As I've talked about with the prior philosophies, none of the uh, philosophies from any of these authors have really perfectly fit my scenario. And my scenario, admittedly, is very unusual, in which I'm not just decluttering or purging one space, but I've been actually helping my dad purge his home, and I've even been helping him purge his workspace as well. And so I've been rotating between three different places. The other thing uh, with me is that a lot of the items that I have have been scattered in different places, and I talked about this in reference on, on a couple of episodes where I talked about how before I started certain item categories like tools, I didn't do a good job of keeping them in an organized central place. I would have different tools scattered about uh, in different various random places within my condo. So I love this in theory. I do think Becker has a very good approach. And if you read his book, you'll find that he's very methodical in laying out which rooms you should start with. And uh, without getting into those specifics, I will simply say that in practice, this was not Uh, the most practical way for me to go about it. What I ended up doing was sort of a combination in which I combined uh, Marie Kondo and Fumio Sasaki's philosophies of going by categories, but I also looked at it from a room standpoint and thinking about where certain things were located. So I did kind of a hodgepodge of the three philosophies. And so I was uh, purging by category but also thinking in terms of where most of this clutter was that needed to be decluttered in terms of the actual space that it was housed in. So things like storage units or closets, that sort of thing. And so uh, overall, I like this theory. And for many of you, uh, Becker's room-by-room approach may work really well. All right, number two. Yes, uh, I think I agree very much with this. And I say I think because I'm not there yet. I'm not at the point where I am reinventing the spaces that I'm living in. I've done it to a little bit of a a little bit uh, to a certain extent when it comes to my workspace at home. But in terms of reinventing what I want my home space to look like or helping my dad reinvent his home, uh, that's definitely something I would like uh, to have the spaces be reconfigured in a way such that. Anytime anyone is in them, whether it's a visitor or a family member, that it does facilitate connection. And that may sound a little nebulous, so I'll give you an example from Becker's book. He talks about how in his prior home that they had a living room with a lot of uh, ornate furniture and, and things like that. And it was more of a—the I, I, sense I got was that it was more of a museum piece. And think about, for instance, uh, uh, if you have a formal dining room. Uh, or if your parents may have had a formal dining room or your grandparents. It, it's, a, it's a space in which you may use it once or twice a year, but it's not a space in which you're going to congregate regularly. It's not a space where you can just sit down, be comfortable, and have a conversation. And Becker talks about this with his living room, that they got rid of a lot of the heavy furniture pieces and replaced it with um, more functional, comfortable, smaller pieces that you could walk into that room, feel comfortable sitting down, and 
he talks about how it actually helped engage or develop further communications between his children and he and his wife with their children. Uh, I, I thought that was great. And that is definitely something that I'm going to be mindful of as I get to that point. I'm not quite there yet, but I would say I think that is a good way to look at how you want to proceed once you have finished the actual decluttering. As I've talked about, I am still uh, in my decluttering phase, so I'm not yet at the point in which I'm ready to reinvent spaces, Uh, but I'm keeping that in mind. Number three, I will say 100% yes. I think, and it's amazing to me, I don't have a garage, a a private garage since I live in a high-rise. My dad has a garage, though, in his home, and that garage has been filled up with so much stuff. It has been an overflow, a makeshift storage unit. And we are actually very well into decluttering it to the point where I would say we're almost to the point where we can actually store a car in there again. And so I think that I'm a big proponent of this. And what's interesting is that Sometimes I will see my dad's neighbors when their garage doors are open. It's very easy and interesting to see that I'd say one out of 10 actually are used as garages. In other words, a place where a car is stored. But the majority of them I can see are being used as makeshift storage spaces. So I think that is a surefire sign that you probably have too much stuff and it is time to take stock of it. And um, decluttering a garage can feel very intimidating. And I may do a full episode on this at a later time, but uh, I think Becker's point is well taken. And I 100% agree that a garage, if you have one, should be used as a garage. That's what it's intended for. The other thing is that garages, uh, just having done some research, are not ideal for storage units simply because they're not always temperature controlled, especially during the winter. If you store certain items in there, it's actually not great for those items. So garages, while they become kind of our default storage areas when we don't have any more room in the house, uh, they're not great for that purpose. And if you think about it, the whole purpose of a garage, it's a home for your car. uh, And if it's not being used for that purpose, I think that is a surefire signal that you have too much stuff and it's time to take stock of it. All right, number four, uh, Becker, one of the things I loved about his book is that he takes, he, more so than the other authors I've read, takes his approach from the standpoint of someone who has a family. He has a wife, he has a couple of kids, and uh, while I don't yet have kids, I love the way he broke this down, and he's, he talks about this, that one of the challenges that he and his wife had, I mean, they were both on board, which I think is a, a huge first step, is getting your your spouse on board with this and then getting their kids on board he was worried because they were younger when they started this that they may be resistant to it and and think about in terms of things like their toys and what was great about Becker's chapters on this is that he talks about how he didn't impose it and that's something that I think resonated with me is that he didn't impose decluttering purging or uh, he didn't make it a mandate and he didn't make them feel bad or guilty that they had too much stuff and it was time to get rid of a lot of it. He had a discussion with them. And uh, when it came to things like toys or books, he would have a discussion. And they basically together came up with certain rules. Like if your toys can't fit into this toy chest, 
then uh, we should figure out how we can do so. You know, in, in other words, are there toys that you no longer play with that we can donate or sell or give away such that um, someone else can use them? And that's the philosophy that I've really embraced uh, and not as a standpoint even from as a parent yet, but as a single person. And I've talked about this specifically with books. I have a lot of books that I've collected over the years. And just going through them and realizing a lot of books that I've loved over many years, many of them I'm not going to read again or I'm not going to get around to reading. So letting that go and it, just letting it go with the feeling of, I want someone else to enjoy this. Someone else is going to love this. Someone else is going to embrace this. And the more you do that, the easier I think it is. And what was great is he talked about how his kids not only were receptive to the idea, but took it on their own to really uh, run with it. And, you know, it just made it that much easier. And I can I can see how that makes it that much of an easier process. And similarly speaking, it's something that I've done with my dad, which has been great. It's just going through a lot of um, his stuff, going through a lot of family stuff, and just going through it for the first time in many years and uh, deciding what we can keep, what we can donate, what we can recycle. So that is 100% yes. And, you know, if I ever do have kids, uh, that is something that I definitely would want to embrace is uh, Becker's approach and philosophy. And as for the last point, I think it's really interesting. I am definitely not there yet. Uh, It is something I might consider downsizing my home needs. I'm in a different place in my life, though, as someone who doesn't yet have a a spouse or kids. But that is something to be mindful of, uh, you know, if and when I do start a family, is that picking the appropriate size home in terms of what my needs are or what our needs are. So I'm not at that point yet. Uh, I'm really right now at the purging, decluttering journey and just thinking about the early stages of what I want my life and my spaces, my work and living spaces to look like. So overall, uh, the big takeaway I got from Becker's book is that decluttering, purging, minimalism, whatever you want to call it, and I do distinguish what I think the differences are in, in one of my earlier episodes, works best when you involve family or those who are close to you or those who would otherwise be impacted. What's interesting is that Marie Kondo talks about this and how when she was younger, she she was very gung-ho about decluttering and sometimes would do so much to the chagrin of her parents or her sister because she would declutter their stuff without telling them and uh, and not to great results. So she does talk about also how it works best when you're all on the same page. I think Becker takes that even further, just, and that is such a central part of his book. So overall, I gave this a solid four stars. The uh, There's a link to it if you want to purchase the book, an affiliate link in the write-up. I also have links to uh, Marie Kondo's book and Fumio Sasaki's book, and I would say all three are very, very worthwhile your time if this is something that you want to do. All right, the write-up will be at bemovingforward.com. Hope you have a great weekend, and I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.